Hello, this is Grad School Grad, a podcast about public policy and international relations graduate programs in the United States. For today's episode, I want to uh, talk about my interesting take on, uh, I would say, an issue many would find interesting, and that is policy grad programs lack true social justice warriors. Yes, you heard me. From my perspective, policy grad programs lack true justice, true social justice warriors. So my point is that there aren't enough social justice warriors in grad school because the reality is that there really isn't that deep of interest uh, for m- most of the student population and policy grad programs to actually get in the front lines and do the hard work for change. Um, and I think this reality is very disingenuous uh, to the public and to prospective students, um, given, given how public policy grad programs, at least many of them, I'm not going to say all, uh, advertise themselves to be just institutions for uh, developing change makers. So I get it. People go to grad school for different reasons, and there should be a diversity of interest in grad school. And, you know, but I think it's important that society looks to policy grad schools to make the next generation of society improvers. Uh, but like I said, the reality is that those people with a real deep uh, focused desire to be next generation change makers, um, they really aren't in policy school in that numbers. In fact, I would say they're a very, very small minority. So before I go further, I just want to establish a few things about where my perspective comes from. I'm a policy uh, grad school alum, and I collaborated with students from many different policy schools, worked with them in professional uh, experiences before I went to policy grad school and after. Lastly, I want to highlight is that I'm an independent politically. Uh, I believe in things on both the left and the right, uh, which also makes me very rare in policy grad school that I don't align either direction, but uh, I'm very proud to be an independent um, from a policy and political perspective. So before I dive um, deeper to clarify why I'm giving this perspective about lack of true social justice warriors, I think it's important to explain um, what I have seen as the, the generally the five types of people in policy school that show up by the end of the first year. And I, I want to say that, you know, the five types of people, very broadly speaking, and they realize, um, you know, there might be some nuances among certain schools about how they manifest. But I think it's these five types are generally true among uh, nearly all po- policy schools. And I'm going to categorize them from most uh, to least uh, prevalent. Again, broadly speaking, some schools might be a little bit different. Um, so the most common are what I call the self-branded moral nobility. These are those who fashion themselves as do-gooders, and they get involved, I mean, I give credit, they get involved by showing up. They go protest, talks, do social media, competition, presentations uh, about you know, things they care about. Uh, but the do-gooderness, you know, about caring for issues or whatnot, is really built upon the house of cards. And what I mean by that is that... Um, a lot of times they want to advertise themselves or brand themselves as social justice warriors. 
But the reality is that uh, a lot of times they aren't because when push comes to shove, um, when their money or lifestyle interests get in the way, way um, they stop being interested. Uh, you know, I would say this group a lot of times proudly self-professes to be quote-unquote woke. But um, I think how aware they are of people's lived experiences actually vary, uh, even those they profess to help. So uh, just to give an example, um, this is interesting for me that when I went to policy grad school, as a person of color who grew up on welfare and can speak very much to about the experiences of having been poor, there was a lot of times uh, people who come from rad privileged backgrounds would tell me what my experiences, opinions should have been in terms of how I how how I viewed my experience as being poor and how that should translate into my policy interests. Uh, there was a lot of moralizing about what my beliefs should be uh, by people who don't have my lived experience, who, um, you know, and, and, rel- and relative for uh, those who are poor and those people of color. Again, this comes from people who, who haven't been poor and aren't people of color, in, in the U.S. sense at least. So I think that's a good indicator. But I think the other indicator is um, when it comes to the, the very interesting task of picking a career or picking a job after policy school, so often I see people who, you know, during policy school, they talk about how they want to do good. They're all about doing good. They want to be, quote, unquote, woke and take care of people or whatnot. And then they end up going to cash grab jobs. Uh, the one I saw a lot was consulting. Um, yeah, nothing against consulting, nothing against government consulting. It's very necessary jobs. But it was just very interesting to me. Uh, There's quite a few people who, who I knew came into policy grad schools that I want to help this group of people. I want to create uh, opportunities for this ethnic group or whatnot. Or I want to create a better positive speech. Or I want to create this policy change to help disadvantaged communities. And then, you know, come internship time or full, full-time job, um, they chase the money. And there, there's a huge gasp about it uh, among the student population. And there always is a huge gasp. Like, oh, I thought this person was a genuine, um, someone who cared and can't believe they went to consulting or something in lobbying or something. But, uh, yeah, it happens. So, again, sometimes you're not successful in getting the high-powered jobs. But it just becomes very clear once career season comes. Um, or, or once, you know, you need to get a career, all the, the interest and desire to be a do-gooder is really branding and uh, performative and not actually sincere. So, and that's, and I would say that's uh, the proportionality, or if not sometimes the majority of the students out there. Um, then there are what I call the policy curious. In some schools, I would say this is the proportionality majority. It's not the case in my school, but you know, in, in some school, uh, they, this, they are. And that's just people who just have a high curiosity and academic fascination with some aspect of public policy, uh, just about the intricacies of public policy. They're just really fascinated about it. They like it. They love, you know, usually these are people who are really interested in research and academia. They don't have to be. But, um, yeah, the, it's just like some, someone who loves uh, making watches. They love the intricacies of public policy. I appreciate that. Um, 
then there are those who randomly landed there. Uh, I'm actually shocked by how many people I've met who just randomly landed in public policy grad programs. And, and the basic thing is that they went to policy grad school just because uh, it was something to do. Um, yeah, I, I think I talked before in another episode is I met someone in my school who point blank told everyone that he couldn't get into MBA schools or J, uh, JD programs sorry, for lawyer, US, uh, in the United States to become a lawyer. And so he got rejected from all the JD and MBA schools. So he just was stuck with public policy and just thought it was something he could do. Uh, I know other people just like thought getting public policy degree sounded cool. So they just applied for it and, you know, got, got in and they'll figure out what they want to do later on. And look, I'm not going to judge anyone just, you know, randomly landed there. Hey, they're trying to move forward with their lives and trying to figure out what they do. Grad school is a pathway. Got it. And I do appreciate that most people in this category are trying to pretend to be better than, you know, what they profess to be. They tend to be very honest about their situation. Uh, number four uh, is those with a career focus, but also have a care for social impact. This is why I think I am. Um, you know, I want to have a successful career pathway, but I also want to make a positive impact. Um, I, you know, me personally, I want to have a career because I enjoy just managing and leading organizations. And that's uh, a good attitude to have to, you know, have a strong career going forward. So um, sometimes this is, this, this can be very popular at school. Um, in my policy grad program, it was not common at all. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I was, I, I would say the true social justice warriors are probably the least common, but this is probably the second least common in my policy grad program program um so social justice warriors the least common that i saw uh and, and i would say in general now when i say the word social justice warriors they're usually a negative connotation it's like oh these are people with strong opinions who are always thinking about impractical things uh to to rile people up and i think that's the general perception but i will clarify what i mean by social justice warriors. And yes, at times they can be a little bit, their, their passion can lead them to be a little bit confrontational, but I've never seen anything disrespectful among a true social justice warrior. But I think at the heart of it is a true social justice warrior is someone who's passionate about making a demonstrable impact uh, for social justice. And they want to dedicate their lives to change what they want to see. And the key difference between social justice warrior and the quote-unquote self-branded moral nobility is that their foundation is rock solid. For them, it's more than just about showing up, but it's about giving comfort, giving up lucrative opportunities to be on the front lines of change. Um, and usually you can see this when it, you know, you see what internships or jobs people take is that yes, they could have opportunities to have really lucrative careers, really comfortable careers, but they chose the the long path, uh, a more risky path, career-wise at least, um, because they just have a passion for change, and they're going to take up on it. They're going to go into the fight. Um, it's not just about folding um, and then going back to moralizing everyone else. In fact, I would say a fair amount of what I see as true social justice warriors 
are not confrontational, they're not verbal, their actions speak louder than words. I mean, some people might disagree about what the change you're trying to make, but I think everyone can at least respect them, if not be awestricken about their dedication and their passion for a group, a community, a location, whatever, and wanting to make it better. So, I want to give some examples of the few true social justice wars I've seen during my time in policy school and since. So I, I want to tell a story of four people. Um, obviously, I'm going to keep their identities anonymous. So there's one person I went to policy school with who is an economic development activist uh, for economically depressed areas. This person has a soft spot about economically depressed urban areas in the United States. So, you know, one of her big things is just fighting tooth and nail to uh, act, be an activist for policies, a man, a management among government to really uh, help economically depressed areas to be better, to be better in the long run. This person had amazing opportunities in both private sector and public sector that pay really well, come with lots of prestige, come with lots of press, but, um, but didn't go for it and became economic development activist. To essentially, I mean, to a certain extent, be one with the people, but really help out help out people that was really cared about. And you know, it's interesting because this person really comes from a place of privilege, and didn't have to do it, but that's the sacrifice being made. That's that's caring. That's what being a true social justice warrior looks like. Um, then there's someone I know who went to to be a nonprofit housing manager, so a developer that uh, builds houses without any profit in mind. Um, you know, in some ways, this person had the hardest way, the hardest path to take this role because this is not a role that uh, transitions well from policy school. Um, you know, someone with an undergraduate business degree would probably be better suited for this. But this person just had a very huge passion about giving people affordable housing um, and got involved in this. And have spent hours and hours learning housing economics, housing, uh, the, the the intricacies of housing codes and zoning codes. I'll be honest, like a lot of policy students uh, who, you know, might mean well, intend well, the moment they see, they encounter bureaucracy, they fall apart, get scared and, you know, surrender and move on to other things. You can really tell if someone's a true social justice warrior when they're willing to, you know, roll up their sleeves and do the hard work to get involved with things that make social impact. Um, I know someone who uh, is an activist for rural America. This might sound strange to some people, but uh, rural America has issues uh, that, I'm not saying the rest of America doesn't face, but the rest of America may be not as familiar with. Uh, I mean, there's opioid ac- epidemic, but there's also uh, things about infrastructure, uh, things about agriculture, uh, things about access to services. Um, you know, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, in policy school, I just kind of felt bad because people were like, oh, rural America? What the heck is that about? And yeah, policy is not just in urban America. It's everywhere in America. And it might not, rural America might not be policy. I'm, I'm sorry, popular. But hey, it's important. And this person's passionate about it and is sacrificing, um, time and other opportunities to focus on rural America. And then I know a person who is a food distribution policy specialist. Um, 
you know, this person actually transferred out of my policy grad program because my policy grad program cannot support her interests uh, career-wise and um, programming, all that. So, you know, so this person moved across country to really get at it, learn about food distribution policy, food distribution logistics. Again, the food distribution logistics is not sexy. It's not cool. It's somewhat bureaucratic. Just being able to endure the pain, learn that means that someone really is interested about change. So, yeah. I want to highlight that I'm not like, there's a few things not to be conflated about being a, not being a, a true social justice warrior. So it's okay to uh, go into policy grad school and not know your policy area and change your policy area. Um, you know, not knowing doesn't mean that you're not, you're not a true social justice warrior. At the end of the day, it's, comes to dedication as long as you land somewhere in full steam dedication that's all that matters i also want to highlight it's not about getting stuck to do hard work and in, in a place that doesn't make an impact or doesn't make a meaningful impact um because i from what i saw being a true social justice warrior is that yes you're doing some hard work but you're doing hard work and making sacrifices that go somewhere it isn't about sacrificing um with the high probability of not making impact or you don't see the impact or pathway to it. So I'm talking, I'm thinking about uh, like in contrast, I'm thinking about the people I knew who were always about, Oh, I'm going to make such a big difference working at the world bank. And then they spend years and years going even into the late thirties, being consultant at a world bank. Uh, working on, I mean, yes, yeah, I think the World Bank has lots of value, absolutely. But they're working on research reports that some leaders do read, but, um, but you know, just tinkering on the data sets, doing data analysis, which is important, but it's not seeing change up, up, up close and personal, making active change. Um, so, you know, that... That's what I'm talking about with making demonstrable impact. So, um, yeah, and ultimately what I want, you know, want to highlight, I think it's the big difference, is just being dedicated to do more than just show up, but getting money on the front lines. So why does it matter that there's so few true social justice warriors? It's, that, it's this, you know, people have this view that policy grad students are out there to change the world. I would say nearly all are interested, but true are few, very few are truly uh, dedicated. And a lot of people, the, the self-brand moral nobility I talked about, just borrow the moral prestige or the perceived moral prestige uh, by patent to uh, self-identify as a quote-unquote social justice warrior. But their actions speak louder, speak louder than words. And I think... The issue is that it's a challenge for policy schools to bring, uh, to basically bring up America's next generation change makers. I'm not saying they aren't trying. It's definitely many policy schools are. But essentially, in many policy schools, especially the one I went to, students are, in, are entering policy school to a community that is more focused on moralizing than taking action. Or, you know, I, I get it's school, so you're busy, but I would say taking action, you're preparing someone to take action in their future. 
Um, if schools figured out a way to show students a pathway, make positive change with many of society's issues, then you might have some real social justice warriors making a meaningful difference. Uh, instead of all these people pretending to, to uh, be a quote-unquote social justice warrior and then giving a bad name because they're all talk, no action. All moralizing to make people feel bad rather than making change where it matters. So what I want to wrap up with is this. Look, I, I, I'm never going to brand myself as a social justice warrior because that'd be insincere. I care about social impact, but personally, you know, I went to policy school to uplift my career and do some good along the way. I tip my hat to the true social justice warriors um, on the front lines, making a difference. Again, they might not be focused doing, be uh, working on means or uh, certain policy angles that I fully agree with, but I appreciate it that they are honest and dedicated, and at the end of the day, in the heart of hearts, good good people. You know, every now and then they might be confrontational, but like I said, more often than not, I find these people to be action focused rather than um, you know, mouth wagging other people. And the sad thing is that the number of people I met in my policy school who are like this is less than the number of fingers I have on one hand. I said fingers, not thumbs. Just to give an idea. And on the flip side is that I think it's sad that social justice warrior is taken so derogatorily in uh, today's America. Because what it really is, is you know, when I think of warrior, I think of a person, a real warrior, someone who's fit and equipped and ready to go and do things. Um... But a lot of these people who are taking on social justice warrior brand, they aren't fit or prepared to do anything. They're just moving their mouth and trying to tell other people uh, how great they are because they have some beliefs that make them feel that they're great. And that's just the fact of life, at least in America today. And you see this in policy school. All right. Thank you very much. I hope this is helpful for all those interested in policy schools, uh, students or otherwise, and I look forward to making more contact. Very well.